0: Hello oh, and welcome back to another episode of Flash. I'm your host, Hiva, and I'm so excited to be recording today. Like I just had this moment right before I hit record where I was like, oh my God, like I'm doing this again. And I guess it feels like it's been a long time because last week was not a solo episode. So it just it feels different when it's just me, right? Like I feel like I'm connecting directly. With the listeners, I don't know. Is that kind of douchey to say? I'm not sure. Anyway, I hope everyone's having a beautiful Tuesday or, you know, whenever you're listening, I guess. Um, I had a very uneventful weekend and it was honestly like kind of really nice and exactly what I needed. In particular, on Saturday, I want to say, yeah, I had plans and like I had all these things I was supposed to do. And I remember waking up and being like, I am not in the mood for anything today. And a few hours go by and I was like, I just, I don't think I can do it. And I canceled my plans and I ordered a bunch of like unhealthy vegan food. There's this place really close to me. It's called Spring Cafe. It's this all vegan place. Actually, Van guy turned me on to it back when we were dating. And I remember he got takeout from there a few times. Um, But I'd never gotten stuff myself. I got like half the menu, like literally, Ozzy was like, Do you want me to go grab it? I was like, No, I'll go. Cause I knew if he goes, like he would probably get like a normal amount of food. You know how there's like people who are normal about getting takeout or delivery, and then there are psychos like me who just order half the menu. And the thing is, I don't get takeout or delivery almost ever anymore because I'm always like recipe testing and doing food stuff and yada yada. But I used to exclusively order food, like I did not cook until well after I was vegan. So... I used to just always order so much food. Plus, like I always had like binging and then like restricting and binging and whatever yada yada. So I'd order like so much food, and it's just the nostalgia of ordering like half the menu, and just having an absolute nothing day. I took off like from work entirely, which it was the first time where I did nothing work related for an entire day. Like I haven't done that in so long. And Ozzy and I just cuddled on the couch and we watched Better Call Saul, which we've been just absolutely flying through. And I'm actually going to come back to that. But yeah, it was uh, just everything my soul needed. And honestly, I just want to say if you have not taken like a do nothing day where you just fully indulge and do none of the like things that you need to do. Let me like give you permission right now and encourage you to do it because it's just, it's sometimes the refueling that our souls need. Another thing I did over the weekend was I finally. Addressed the phone situation. So I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've been talking about it a lot in my Instagram stories. My phone storage has been full for forever. Like it's basically every time I want to like send a text message, I have to go and like delete something. It's it's a shit show. It's been so fucking annoying, and I've been um posting on the blush TikTok account lately. And it makes it really hard. Like sometimes it's like I can't record something because like your phone storage is full and stuff like that. Anyway, so I knew this trick for getting space on your phone, but I was like really lazy about doing it. Basically, what you have to do is like fully wipe your phone, like get it back to like factory and then you uh, sync it to your iCloud account again. And the reason I was putting it off was in part because there's this game that I play. This is like, like I cringe when I talk about this and I don't know why. Like, I think it's so loser about me. I, anyway, I play this game. Actually, I'll just tell you about the game. It's called Seeker's Note. Um, it's... <laughs> God, it's so embarrassing. It's one of those games where I, okay, I don't even know if one of those games, first of all, it plays like horizontally on your phone which is a little bit annoying, but whatever. It's like, I don't know, there it's some kind of town or something, and there's all these different locations, and the locations, like, they're timed, and you have to find hidden objects, but there are also puzzles integrated in the game, and you're also on teams, and there's, like, team competitions. There's a lot of layers to this game. There's, like, level. It's beyond. I mean, it's... Like, if you're into playing dumb games on your phone, give it, like, check it out. Because there's so much variety in it. Like, I really take to the puzzles a lot. I really enjoy the puzzles. But then there's, like, the team mentality. Anyway, um... So I've been playing it for a few months and I'm pretty far ahead because I'm a loser who just sits on their phone and plays games. And I understand that that's like some kind of judgment that I need to work through because like I, cl- I really do think that about myself. Like the more I'm on my phone, the more of a loser I feel like. Anyway, um, I you're supposed to sync it to your Facebook account to back up your progress, but I couldn't log into my Facebook account because I had to delete the Facebook app from my phone because I had no room, right? Um, You know, full circle moment. And then when I tried to log into Facebook, it would be like, oh, you have two-factor identification turned off, but we rolled out two-factor identification so you can't (laughs) log in. So it took me forever to be able to log into Facebook to back up my phone, uh to back up the game on my phone. You know, God forbid I lose the progress. But like seriously, I worked very hard to get there. And like I really like the team that I'm on. Although I've been playing the game less and less lately, and I'm really scared that I'm gonna get kicked out of my team. But that's neither here nor like some people are playing it so much, like I don't understand how they have time. Like, I, you know, I'm not like a super strapped for time kind of person and like I like I just it's beyond me how they could be devoting this much to it anyway um so I finally did it. And I just want to throw this out there. If you're someone who is constantly running out of storage room on your phone and you've done all of like the basic things, like all your photos are on iCloud. They're not like saved on local device. You know, you've gotten rid of the big attachments in your phone. You've gotten rid of apps that you're not using. By the way, you can offload apps and not fully delete them. You've done all of those things. And you're still running into issues. And In particular, what I notice is like, you know how you can look at the breakdown of what is eating at your iPhone storage? When you look at the breakdown, there's a very large bar for other and you're like, what the fuck is other? Oh, another thing you can do, by the way, um, you can clear the cash from Safari. But you've done all of those things and you're still like right up against the limit, this works like a charm. So you back up everything on your phone, and then you go and you wipe the entire phone. And I think it's like erase all data and, I don't know, profiles or something. I don't know exactly what it is. But you have to go to settings here. I'll just look it up since my phone is right in front of me. Um, Okay, so you click on settings, click on general, go all the way down to reset, click on that, and then erase all content and settings. And it'll prompt you to back up there too. But like if you're, you know, an anxious person like I am, I would recommend just backing up before then too and then back up again then and then reset everything. And then it'll turn back on and you'll log in to your, you'll sync it with your iCloud account and everything will come back and boom, you will have so much more space. It's a miracle worker. Now, I will say when the new iPhone comes out, which should be shortly, like I think they announce it usually in like September or something, right? I don't know. September, October is kind of what I have in my mind. I am probably going to get the new iPhone and I'm going to get it in the largest size humanly conceivable. Like every time I've gotten an iPhone, I'm like, I don't need to get the big one because everything's on the cloud anyway, right? Nope. I mean, yes, but like, I don't know. They just fuck you with it. And then your phone starts glitching and everything. Uh oh, it just, I hate it. Anyway, just a tip. If you're having, if you're suffering from the same thing, you don't need to silently suffer. You can handle it like this. Okay, moving right along. Um, Oh, another thing I've done is I went and I bought vinegar powder. So if you listened a few episodes ago, you may have heard me go on a 20 minute long rant about chips <laughs> and how much I like salt and vinegar chips. Well, I went to this really cool store in New York and I bought three different types of vinegar powder. I got like regular, like distilled vinegar powder. I'm guessing that's kind of going to be the winner. Um, I got balsamic vinegar powder because like I fucking love balsamic. Ooh, and then I don't know if I got cider vinegar or rice wine vinegar for the third one. Probably cider because I wanted to be like a healthy bitch. But um, but yeah, I'm going to try to make my own salt and vinegar chips. I've not done it yet. Um, just like too much going on, honestly. When you do kind of do stuff like this rather than like, you know, being an accountant or something that's straightforward. It's just, it's always so many different things going on, but yeah. Um, so yeah, just a quick update on the chips. I do plan on making my own. Okay. Moving right along. So I think a couple of episodes ago, I did a breakdown of the history of pubic hair removal. Um, and, After the episode aired, one of my friends brought it to my attention that I left out a very major part of the history, which is fascinating, and it was not in the research that I had done, but apparently in the 1450s, sex workers started shaving their pubic hair. Oh, I don't know for a fact that they were shaving, but presumably they were shaving. I don't know. They were removing the pubic hair because they would get pubic lice, right? Which happens. And, but like back then it wasn't, you know, in fashion to have hairless mons pubis, I believe is the official word for it. So they would wear like a pubic hair wig. It's called a merkin. So yeah, merkins came about in the 1450s. They are still around these days, but I think they're more like decorative. Um, when I started doing research into merkins this morning before recording, I saw like a really neon pink one. And you know what? Um, I'm really trying to save money right this moment because I'd like to make some investments in the near future. But once I start spending money on frivolous things again, I might get a neon pink merkin and just, you know, spice it up in the bedroom one day. Who knows? Oh, speaking of spicing it up in the bedroom, I just have to address this. I know like a million episodes ago, I said I would try out all these crazy Cosmos sex tips and report back on them. And I still plan on doing that. Honestly, there's just been a lot going on. And like one of them was to wear compression socks and I don't have compression socks. And, you know, I kind of forget. I did try the one where you spell coconut while being on top. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's a thing to do. (laughs) I like I worry For me, I think like focusing so much on how my hips are moving kind of takes me out of the mental space where I'm actually focused on how things feel in my body. And I also feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I really have to concentrate to be able to have an orgasm. So it's kind of taking me away from that. But what I did like about it was that by kind of moving your hips in different ways, it gives opportunity for your clit to hit your partner in different ways and like stimulate in different ways. So that's kind of cool. I did not ask Ozzy if he noticed if I did anything differently and if it felt good to him. So yeah, I can't really report on that. So I will try it again and I will report back. And I know there were a few others that people requested, like the thing with spoons. Um, If you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me find what episode it was. Uh, there were two episodes actually. Good God. Uh, my podcast app is still not back to normal. Just a heads up. Like all the cover art is gone. Okay. It was the episode from June 21 and June 28. Um, The June 21 one is called A Compilation of the Best and Worst Tips You'll Ever Hear. And the June 28 episode is called A Continuation of the Best and Worst Advice You'll Ever Hear. Ooh, I called one tips and one advice, and I don't think that was on purpose. So that's fun (laughs) just looking at it right next to each other. But yeah, if you listen to those two episodes, you'll find out what I'm talking about. And if you have any of the tips that you hear in those episodes that you want me to try, just like DM me or you can submit it anonymously. There's a link to do so in the show notes or whatever. And I will try it so long as it's not one of the ones that's like infringing on Um, people's right to consent or also like I don't want food near my vagina I want to be emphatically clear about that I am terrified of getting a UTI so that's just a non-starter for me Uh, or yeast infection I should say because that's more likely but frankly I would imagine if you put food near your like urethra opening that could actually lead to a UTI who knows I don't know Anyway, um, so I will get on those. I will say it might take a minute because Ozzy got in a bike accident this past weekend and basically like he's riding and there's like what looks like a puddle. And so, you know, he's just riding through it, but there's a pothole under the puddle that he didn't see. So his bike flipped over and in the process, his... Like crotch <laughs> got caught in the handlebars. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry. I just I think it would have been very funny to watch. Um and like his ball sack is kind of bruised so like I don't I don't like I certainly haven't like initiated sex since that's happened and um I kind of feel like maybe I should give him a moment to heal before I start like you know spelling words out on top of his crotch I don't know so yeah there might be a bit of a pause but I will do them so that actually gives you plenty of time if you have not listened to those two episodes to go back and listen to them and um submit the sex tips that you want me to try. And then I will report back at some point. Okay. Anyway, um, other things that have happened <laughs> lately. Number one, I've been meaning to clean out my closet for, mm, I don't know, 25 years now, and <laughs> I'm just not getting on it. And honestly, I always donate clothes, but I'm thinking about selling a few things. I tend to donate them to the really lovely woman who cleans my apartment once every two weeks. Really, really nice. She has a daughter who I think is a child, but is my size. And she gives a lot of my stuff to her daughter. The thing is, last time I gave her a bunch of stuff, there were a few things that she was like, I'm not going to take this for my daughter because it's a little like too sexy for her. And so I was thinking, maybe I'll sell a few things on Poshmark, or is there a platform that people like better? If you have any experience selling clothes, please hit me up. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking about doing it. Anyway, one th- like there have been a couple of things I've had in my head. One for years now, every time I clean out my closet, I'm like, okay, would my highest self wear this? And that's kind of like what I've had in my head. And then the other thing I heard kind of recently or like a few months ago was, would you buy this item of clothing today? Uh, like, and I think maybe like put price out of it, like price aside, would you buy this item of clothing today? And what's funny is the other day I was on TikTok and I saw a TikTok account that actually gave these exact two pieces of advice. And I kind of took it as a sign that I really should get on this closet cleaning. So maybe I'll set that as an intention for this week. Um, also, the TikTok account was a Nora Virginia. Her handle is I am Nora Virginia. Check her out. I honestly haven't gotten too deep into her content, but that one piece like really caught my eye. And I was like, that is so fucking cool. So yeah, um, just two things to keep in mind. If you like me want to clean out your closet. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, another thing I've been doing a ton of that's actually on hold because of Ozzy's stupid bike accident. <laughs> I'm just nothing if not the supportive girlfriend, right? But we've been shooting hoops a lot. And I am not a sporty girl like I have terrible hand-eye coordination and part of it is that I'm just like really fucking afraid of balls and yeah insert some kind of like pun there that's what she said I don't know but I'm really fucking afraid of balls. And I notice it a lot. Like if a ball is coming at me, I might like flinch and duck <laughs> instead of catch it. I played several sports growing up. I am I mean, all after we moved to the U.S., so all after I was 11. And I was fucking atrocious at all of them. I played a semester of like intramural basketball. <laughs> and It was so fucking bad. Like I can't put into words how bad it was. And I was on the worst team. And I was the worst person on the worst team. I played softball for many years. I was actually on the best team in the league because they like to like spread out talent, I guess. And I was like the last on the batting list, like so bad, like it was so embarrassing, honestly. And, you know, a common theme is like, I just want to run away from the ball because I'm scared. I guess I'm scared the ball will hit me in the face or something, which I would argue is a natural fear. Anyway, when I first started dating Ozzy, and I mean first, first, like the first time around at like after our first date, literally, he's like, do you want to go shoot hoops? And I was like, literally, there is like less I want to do less. Uh, There's nothing I want to do less in the world. However, I really liked him. And I was like, maybe I should like push myself to like do something a little bit out of my comfort zone. And it ended up being really fun. And so... Also, if you don't know the full story with Ozzy, I've definitely told it on another podcast episode, I think, unless, I don't know, have I not told it? Like, regular listeners, can you tell me if I have told the full story of, like, how we first were dating and then kind of stopped and then uh, got back together or whatever? Or I mean, like, actually got together together? Anyway, don't... Oh, yeah. So as soon as we started, like, dating, dating again last June we started shooting hoops kind of on the regular and I've gotten so much better and it's like so cool to watch. And so the other day we're on our way to the basketball courts and I noticed this guy who is like standing on the sidewalk, like right, like against a wall, like facing a wall, like two inches away from the wall. And I was like, that's fucking weird. And then I looked at his face and it was covered in blood. And I was like, holy shit, like, is he okay? And I was like, really thinking about going and being like, yo, are you okay? Like, do you need help? Like, can I do something, whatever, which is so not a New York thing to do. Like you see all sorts of crazy shit in New York and you just ignore it. Um, but I was really considering it and thank God I did not because a moment later I was like, why is his hand moving? Like his hand is moving kind of rapidly. And then I keep looking and he is fucking jerking it. (laughs) He is standing against a wall in the middle of the sidewalk with a bloody face and he is jerking his penis. He is masturbating on the street. And I will say credit where credit's due. He had a very large penis. It looked like that was rock, rock, rock hard. I mean like Viagra hard, like it just like it looked like a porno, except like a really sad, concerning porno. <laughs> but um, I really like. I honestly have no words. And I've seen a lot of shit in New York. I've seen people peeing. Obviously, I mean that's a regular sight. I've seen people pooping. I've seen people fornicating. It is my first time I've seen someone just masturbating in the middle of the street, and I'm sure it's a rite of passage in New York City. And I have to say the thing that bewilders me the most about that site isn't that he was masturbating. It's just like, what in the world turned him on so much that he's like, nope gotta jerk it right here like I just I can't even relate to having that kind of sex drive ever since I've been mm, I don't know not a teenager anymore like sure when I was a teenager it was a whole thing but now like I don't know I don't think you could get me that like I just cannot imagine being like no I've like I've gotta wank it right now I don't know maybe I mean some people are just like into um wanking in public also I don't know I really I could not tell you but it was an image that is forever seared into my brain um yeah really couldn't tell you and I mean obviously his sex drive was so great that he's like I will masturbate first and then I will deal with the fresh blood that is covering my face. Which, listen, if my face was bleeding, there is not like one scenario I can think of in which I'd be like, I need to masturbate first and then I will deal with the blood. And here's the thing, his entire face was covered in blood. It wasn't like a nosebleed that was just dripping down the mouth and the chin. It was all over. It was all over his cheeks, his forehead. I mean, I can't even think of what could possibly cause that. Like, do you think he had a head injury? I don't know. I have no idea. It was a very New York City sight. Anyway, we go to the courts. I'm just like, you know, really trying to like reprocess the trauma that I've just encountered. Like, it really, I still think about it like at least four times a day. And uh, there's just something about it. Like, I think sex is so normal. And, like, we talk, like, I love talking about sex. I talk about, you know, m- masturbation constantly. In fact, regular listeners are probably so exhausted from hearing me talk about, like, how I started masturbating as a kid. Like, I think these things are all fine. But there's something about it, like, when it's just like, thrown at you. It's kind of gross. And I will say, I even think sometimes the way people talk about sex is kind of gross. Like I always have that experience with um like the way Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly would talk about their sex lives, like I remember, they stayed at some Airbnb or something, and then like posted a photo of the table, and we're like, "Ooh, the table has seen some things." And I was like, "That is like disgusting, and it's not your table, and like it is someone else's table, and other people are gonna stay there, and everyone's gonna know that you had sex on it." And, like I don't want to hear about your sex lives, so it is kind of rich that I just like will blab about sex on this podcast all the time and like think it's totally normal. I don't know. It is just kind of gross when it's forced in your face, and also I'm not exposing. My my genitalia to anyone. (laughs) Let's be very clear about that. Anyway, so we got to the courts and I've started this thing where... Every time we go, I like to take one shot with my left hand because I've heard that if you change, like if you start doing things with your non dominant hand, it's really good for Alzheimer's prevention. It just like builds new neural pathways in your brain, it exercises your brain, yada, yada. It turns out that Alzheimer's is actually really not like this hereditary disease that we once thought it was, it's like a completely preventable disease. So I always like to change up the hands that I do things. With and uh, also taking melatonin is actually really good for Alzheimer's prevention. Also, random aside. Anyway, um, so this particular day, the you know bloody masturbation day, was the fourth time that I was shooting with my left hand, and I shot six or seven baskets in a row with my left hand, and. It took me like a year and a half, maybe, of going to the courts regularly for me to be able to shoot like five in a row with my right hand. And within four times, I'm shooting that well with my left hand. And it's really having me think like maybe I was meant to be left handed. And my mom told me this story about how. When I was a child, I was doing a lot of stuff with my left hand, and she took me to the doctor as one does. (laughs) When a child is doing things with the left hand, you go straight to the doctor. And the doctor was like, I think you should try to get her to do more things with her right hand. Now, if she's truly left-handed, if she's meant to be left-handed, there's just nothing we can do about it. We will have to accept her, even for her flaws. (laughs) But if she, you know, could be right-handed, that would make her life a lot easier. I understand how wild this is. Keep in mind, this is like... You know, I was born in '88, so it's probably late '80s, early '90s that we're talking about. It's it was a different time; we were less accepting. (laughs) I don't know. But she said that I, you know, ended up taking to my right hand. But I've noticed that I've always been kind of good at doing certain things with my left hand. Like I've always been a bit of a switch hitter. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was meant to be left handed. And it just has me thinking of like, oh, how my life could have been different. Like maybe I could have been this like really cool artsy girl. Like maybe I would um, own a gallery now, you know, I don't know if this left handedness had been nurtured in me. And can I just say like a message to all the parents out there? just like let your kids be like if they want to use their left hand let them use their left fucking hand like maybe I'd be a professional athlete by now maybe I would be in the WNBA I mean my 23 and me said that I have the elite power athlete genes so who knows <sighs> okay moving right along to our TV recommendations of the week now I've been like deep 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 in Better Call Saul so I actually have not been watching much else except um I did get fully caught up on Below Deck Med, which I want to talk about. And I just started Below Deck Down Under, which I'm not like that into yet, but it always takes me a minute to get into it. Anyway, I do have two recommendations, though. Number one, The Sinner. If you never watched this, it's such a good show. Each season is standalone. The first season, Jessica Biel is in it. She's an absolute goddess, and it's so interesting. Season two is about cults. I fucking love cults. Um, Season three is like so different and then oh my god is there a season four that I started and never finished it's just occurring to me Ooh, okay we'll save that for I guess the next time Ozzy's out of town anyway it's very very good I do recommend you watch them in order though because the detective that is involved in each season is the same and like you know he obviously like carries some trauma with him so yeah I do recommend that you watch um it in order. Every season's different. They're all very good. The other thing, as you may know, is I'm obsessed with Lock and Key. It is back for its third and final season. Excellent show. I have not started season three yet, but I will do that shortly. Okay, so I want to come back to Better Call Saul for a second because I saw something that happened in the show that I think really explains childhood trauma very well or is like a good example of childhood trauma and can shift your perception of it. I think we sometimes have this perception of like, you know, the word trauma can sound like a very big word, right? And I often hear people say things like, oh, well, my childhood was like so idyllic and like my parents were great and like whatever. I'm like, people just think that trauma has to be this really big thing, but it's often so subtle. And the thing is, when we're kids, we're just sensitive. So I want to give this example that I saw happen in the show. Now, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I won't mention names whatever. It's not even a major thing. But there is a flashback in the show to one of the characters' childhood. Now, this character had parents who owned like a convenience store. And I guess word around town was that the dad... um it was his store, really. I don't think the mom was involved. Um, The dad's like a big pushover and like grifters would come to the store and like come up with like dumb excuses and get like handouts from the store. Like the dad was just like always like, like people would come in and be like, oh, my car broke down I need gas money. And he'd give money, like stuff like that. And it was just known around town. And the kid would like be in the store helping his dad and like watch this happen and he would always be like yo they're lying to you like they don't actually need money like it's like everyone knows around town to come here for easy money and like this is something and the kid ended up growing up to be Like someone who wasn't always on the right side of the law, like pulling little cons, things like that. And I think that this is a really good example of childhood trauma where you can see that the parents were actually really wonderful people. They did nothing wrong. There's nothing major going on. You know, it's not like massive abuse or anything like that. But watching your parents be taken advantage of is traumatic for a child. And then you kind of receive the messaging like, I don't want to be made a fool of like my parents were. So I should be the one doing the making a fool of, right? Like it makes sense how that childhood drama could then cause a child to grow up and be on the wrong side of the law. So I just wanted to highlight it because I think – Again, it's just an example that really highlights that childhood trauma doesn't have to be this big, major thing. It's often really little, really subtle things, but it makes sense when you look at it like this, right? And also, I really 10 out of 10 recommend the show, especially if you didn't watch Breaking Bad, I would recommend you watch Breaking Bad first. It's a prequel to Breaking Bad, but it'll be richer if you watched Breaking Bad. But if you watched Breaking Bad and you liked Breaking Bad, please watch Better Call Saul. It is excellent. Okay, the other thing I've been watching that I want to talk about is Below Deck Med. And this is, I want to talk about the current season, season seven. Now, if you don't watch reality TV, you don't give a shit, then just listen and whatever, because it's, again, a lesson type thing. We're not like going to get deep into the show. If you watch the show and you're not like, you haven't watched up to last week's episode of it, This could be a mild spoiler, but it's like nothing major. Okay, so on the season, the chief stew and the chef come onto the boat with a thing. The last boat they were on... They started like hooking up um, the chief stew. Natasha still had a boyfriend and I guess like cheated on her boyfriend with the chef and they come on and they're like they said that they were going to keep it secret at first and then after the first week, like slowly reveal it. They come on the boat and she's like so giddy. So like acting like a schoolgirl excited about this guy. Right. Right. Like, she suggests that they room together. She, like, whatever. Like, you can tell. Like, it's so obvious that they're dating. And she's, like, completely denying it. And you can tell that it's hard on him to be keeping it a secret. And then, like, when, like, people are, uh, other people on the boat are like, okay, you guys are obviously dating, right? So he's, like, no, we're not, but like, I wish we were or something like that to, you know, also not like fully gaslight them because it's so fucking obvious. And then she starts freaking out that he's going to reveal it. And I guess the reason that she really wants it secret, it finally comes out is because she cheated on her boyfriend. So it's all starting to make sense because in the beginning, you're like, I'm not stupid as a viewer. I can tell that you're dating, (laughs) you know, like, why are you keeping it secret? So then she starts pulling away and she starts acting really cold and she's like not like hanging out with him. She's not being the same way. And he keeps being like, I can tell that you're pulling away. Like what's going on? She's like, no, no, nothing. Which... By the way, is the definition of gaslighting that is like a very good example of gaslighting. And like it just keeps going on and on and on until like one night they're out. And he's she's like literally ignoring him, like won't even respond to him. And she's like, we were never dating. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, which like I don't care what label you assign to something. If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. It's a fucking duck. okay? like I don't care if you never put a label on it. If you act like you're dating, then like you're pretty much dating so and she's completely gaslighting him and he absolutely like loses it he's been drinking and he like keeps texting her and she's not responding and finally he's like if you don't respond I'm gonna tell everyone and she still doesn't respond and then he starts like calling her all these names and it's like really really awful and here's the thing I don't think it's ever okay for a man to talk to a woman like that ever but like she's like straight up in gaslighting him and he finally snapped and I could relate to it so much. And like I've done stuff like that, just like send absolute crazy texts when I've been drunk. In fact, I believe I read some of them on this podcast at some point and I really, really felt for him. And yeah, I just want to highlight it because it's such like a common thing to happen. And you know what's crazy? I watched her on Watch What Happens Live and she still is kind of sticking to her story and not owning up to things, which like now I feel like as an audience member, I feel like I'm being gaslit. And you know what? If I get a hold of her phone number, maybe I'll text her some crazy shit too. No, I'm just kidding. But really like, It's just watching it play out. I was like, oh my God, I feel like this is like the ghost of my relationships past. Like I feel for him so much. And oftentimes like when we actually like kind of quote unquote lose it or act crazy in romantic dynamics, it really is because like we're being gaslit. Like that's such a common thing. But I also think there are like less abusive reasons why we could be picking fights and in particular I think there were like five and I talked about them a bit in this Q&A episode I did a few weeks ago although I only really talked about four of the five but I really wanted to get into them more and like break them down so The first reason I can think of is your needs aren't being met. And this could be both physical needs or emotional needs. So things to look out for in this. And like really what happens, by the way, before I get to things to look out for is like your needs are just not being met and like you're not saying anything and it's building up and it's building up and it's building up. And then eventually you fucking snap. It happens. I've done it. I'll actually tell a story of a time that I did it. But things to look out for, signs that this could be the reason that you're picking fights. Do you try to be really easygoing? Do you kind of identify as being like a really chill person? Do you find yourself feeling like bitter or resentful? Not necessarily of the person you're dating, but in general in life. Do you feel like you try to be really helpful to other people? Sometimes even try to be like a really indispensable kind of person. Do you have a hard time accepting help? Do you like, Have you been trying to diet? Have you been doing some kind of like intermittent fasting type thing? Have you been trying to like eat less carbs? Have you been working out more? All of these could point to needs not being met. And I will tell you a story. When I was dating the comedian, when I first moved to New York, I remember I stayed with him for a few days because it was like I could only like I had a friend who could drive me up in his pickup on one particular day, my lease didn't start for like four days later. So I was staying with him for the first four days until I moved into my place. And I remember when he was like helping me move all this stuff to my place, like I was like really freaking out because I had a really hard time accepting help and the fact that he was helping like made me on edge. And then like a couple weeks later or something or a couple nights, who knows? I don't know, at some point later we were out And now I was doing all of these things, like I had an eating disorder, I wasn't eating enough, I, um, you know, wasn't accepting help, I was trying so hard to be like so cool and easygoing and completely needless and like also like be so helpful to him, like be completely indispensable to him. I was doing all of those things, literally all of them. And we're out one night and We come back to my place. I had had a few drinks and I go to the bathroom to like brush my teeth and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, kind of drunk and dancing around the bathroom and I take forever and I come back to the bedroom and I wanted to have sex and he was asleep and I absolutely lost it now on the surface like me like yelling because he's asleep and I wanted to have sex like sounds kind of crazy but when you think about the fact that I'm like harboring like all of these unmet needs like I'm being so needless I'm being so easygoing, and honestly I don't even think it was that horny it was probably in my head I'm like why have to be having sex with him on the regular for him to stay interested in me that was probably part of it too. I absolutely lost it. He, like, didn't talk to me for a while. He eventually, um, like, I wore him down and we ended up, like, getting together. But, like, for a while, he was like, ooh, I don't know. Keep in mind, I this is, like, the one time that I've been something less than completely, like, pleasant and easygoing and this and that, right? Anyway, if you resonate with any of this, I would recommend looking into codependency because it's just kind of classic codependency, Okay, reason number two, you want reassurance. Um, And by that, I mean you feel like deep down, you're not getting like enough like love and attention and affection and like you feel unsure that they actually like you. And so by picking a fight and them like trying to make up with you, it reassures you that they actually like you. So what I would look out for in here is – how do you feel after you make up from a fight that you picked? Do you feel like a sense of reassurance? Do you feel a sense of ease and calm? And then like as time goes on, you, all of a sudden your anxiety gets worse and then you pick another fight and you make up and you again feel like at ease and at peace. And then that cycle kind of keeps repeating. This is so fucking common. This might be one of the most common reasons why people pick fights. Um, totally get it. Um, if you do resonate with some of this, I would look into attachment styles, particularly anxious attachment style and fearful avoidant attachment styles. This is like very common with both of those situations. I've done this plenty of times. I can't really think of like a very good example or like a particularly funny or interesting example of me doing it, but I've done it many, many times. Um... Number three, you could be subconsciously recreating childhood chaos. If you grew up in a house where there was a lot of fighting, your caretakers were fighting a lot, siblings even fighting a lot, you just grew up around a lot of fighting, even though on a conscious level You probably don't want that, even though on a conscious level, you probably you might even think of yourself as being someone who's very like non confrontational and you don't want the drama and you just want the peace. The thing is, our brains will always revert to what they're comfortable with, even if it's unpleasant, even if you don't like it, even if it makes you feel icky and sad and all of the things, our brains are just gonna go towards the comfortable thing. And so you're just subconsciously recreating this pattern, even though you don't like it. I did this a lot with like my first really serious boyfriend. When I was in college, I dated this guy who's a bit older, who's in med school. Now I will say there was a ton, a ton of gaslighting in that relationship. There was a ton of other forms of abuse. And yes, I do think gaslighting is actually abuse, even though the people doing it often aren't doing it intentionally. I do think it's actually a form of abuse. Anyway, there was all that stuff, but there was also me just like, it's what I knew, It's what I knew and like I didn't want to be doing it, but it was just like the norm for me to be in a state of fighting and it took a lot of trauma reprocessing work for me for my brain to be okay without creating chaos. Number four, fear of abandonment. And this one's a little bit interesting because it's less direct than you might think basically what happens here and like i've experienced this so hard is you're so afraid of being left that you subconsciously want to control the narrative so if you're picking fights if you're you know quote unquote like being a nightmare or whatever if if it's your fault then you don't have to like sit there and spiral and be like, why did they leave? Because you know exactly why they left. It was your own behavior. You don't have to sit there and be like, is it just that I'm like not good enough or I'm not cool enough or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not this enough or I'm not that enough? You know exactly why they left. And that protects you. So things I would look out for here Or maybe like a childhood caregiver left, even if it's not your direct parents, like it could even be like a babysitter who just like stopped babysitting and you don't really understand why because you're a child. Um, you know, divorce and childhood. I'm not saying every child of divorce has abandonment issues at all, but it could be something that could cause abandonment issues. Emotionally unavailable caregivers, even if both parents were in the house, both of my parents were in the house, they're still not divorced, but I still had intense abandonment issues. Um, being ostracized from friend groups in school. I'll talk a bit about this in a second um a really traumatic breakup so yeah it, it could be a wide variety of issues but if you have ever like picked a fight in a situation and it ended And you found yourself at some point thinking like, okay, well, at least I know exactly why it ended and it was my fault. It wasn't their fault. Like I wasn't left. It's like I pushed them away. That's a pretty good sign that there could be that running the show. I, um, when I was in college, I dated this one guy and I remember I was kind of like picking fights a little bit. And I realized that it was because I wanted to control the narrative, right? And I remembered, like, when I was at the very end of high school, I dated this guy. We've been dating for a few months. All of a sudden in May, he just like breaks up with me completely out of the blue with no explanation. Like everything seems to be going perfectly fine. I go out of town for one weekend with my friend and we don't talk, which like I didn't think was unusual. I was out of town for the weekend with my friend, which I guess in retrospect, maybe it was unusual to him. And then I come back and he just like breaks up with me and I was like, what? Why? Why? Like, and he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, you're leaving for college in a few months anyway. I was like, yeah, but not till like August. Like it just made literally no sense. And I mean, did I think I was going to marry this person? Absolutely not. But like, I will never get over the trauma of like him suddenly leaving me. And what's funny, by the way, uh, like when I was dating this second guy and I realized that like I had this wound, I actually ended up calling my high school ex and I was like, Can I just ask you up front, like, why did you break up with me? Because it's still fucking with my head. And he was like, honestly... I was so traumatized like before me he dated this girl who cheated on him all the time and he was like I was so traumatized by that and I constantly thought that you might be cheating on me and I had this like one friend who knew me really well and I guess had some kind of issue with me that was constantly feeding him in his ear like oh he was cheating on you he was cheating on you like she's so flirty when we go out which is true I was and like probably like oh she's been gone all weekend and she hasn't hit you up she's definitely cheating on you and he just thought I was cheating on him and he like couldn't take the anxiety of it anymore which is funny because I wasn't cheating on him at all I'm like such a fucking loyal bitch I was not cheating on him but anyway so that's why he did it and it's funny that he caused me all this trauma and then like years later like a year like a couple years ago I did some like self-guided EMDR which I don't recommend that you do I do it because like I just, I don't know. I feel like I've done so much therapy and so much inner child work and stuff that like I'm in a place where like like doing the EMDR, like the bilateral stimulation stuff, it can bring up a lot of stuff. And like usually you have to have done like many sessions with someone like built a very strong foundation and like done all these things to be able to even do it with a professional. So I don't recommend you just go rogue and do it on your own, but I'll be honest about the fact that I do go rogue and do it on my own. And I did some EMDR on the high school boyfriend leaving me. And then I realized what was actually below that was when I was like, young in elementary school i went to a very small private school in germany we would do this thing where we like there were like very few girls right so in the girls friend group we would do this thing where we would pick someone and put them in out we called it and just not talk to them for like a week or two at a time like this person would be completely ostracized we put this girl yelena in out all the time honestly she was like kind of a difficult person some of the times um But I was out a few times, and I'm sure I was difficult also, and that traumatized me so hard. So even like beneath the surface of that high school breakup, there was this other stuff that came out when I was doing this self-guided EMDR, and I processed through it. Anyway, fear of abandonment, common reason to pick fights. And the last common reason I can think of is that you subconsciously don't want to be with them. And here's the thing. When that happens, it's a situation where you're not consciously facing the fact that you don't want to be with them, right? Like you're having a hard time accepting that. And there could be any number of reasons why maybe you were single for a really long time. Maybe you're in a bit of scarcity mindset. Like, am I going to meet anyone like this? Maybe you were in a lot of like abusive relationships and now you have someone who's really, really nice and you're like, this is the type of person I should be with, but it's not someone that you actually deep down want, right? There could be any number of reasons why you're not admitting to yourself that you don't actually want to be with this person, but like subconsciously, so your subconscious knows that you don't want to be with them, so you try to push them away. And so some signs I would look out for is like, number one, you feel incapable of listing things that you don't like about them. Even in the best relationship, you should be able to list things you don't like about your partner. So if you find that you can't, then your mind is actually pushing it away to protect you because you're so attached to the idea of this relationship that you actually can't see, like, your real feelings towards the relationship, The other thing I would look out for is how do you feel after you make up from a fight that you picked? And this is different than the situation where you're looking for reassurance and validation. Here, do you feel more drawn to your partner after the threat of losing them? So you pick the fight, there's a threat of losing them, and then all of a sudden you feel more, like you feel this love towards your partner that you weren't feeling before. That's very common in this situation. And I actually had this big time With the comedian, you know, before the comedian, I was single for seven years. I was celibate for seven years. I didn't even have a crush really for seven years, for the most part. I mean, there's a couple exceptions. And then you know, the comedian was like a teensy bit in the public eye at the time. And I remember making a joke that I thought he was my soulmate. And then like, all these things are unfolding in this crazy way. Like, it's like, I would say something and it would happen. And so I'd convinced myself like, this must be my soulmate. He's like a really nice guy. He's successful. He had all these things. And like, uh, you know, we're both into fish and like, yada, yada. And like, I don't know, I just like romanticized this whole idea. And it just seems like there was like, like it seemed like the universe wanted us to be together, right? Like I had this like idea in my head. And so I wasn't facing all these things that I actually didn't like. Like sometimes the sense of humor was super annoying and like, you know, he had a micropenis and uh, he's just kind of like a selfish and self-centered person and like really just didn't seem to care very much about other people. And like all these various things, like, and honestly, like instead of continuing to shit on him deep down, he just wasn't what I wanted deep down. He just wasn't my person. But if I like kind of picked like a little bit of a fight, I would feel like such a strong feeling of reconnection with him when I'd see him get upset. And then I'd be like, no, I do like him because, you know, I'm an empathetic person. And It all came to a head New Year's Eve. Now there's a million other factors here also, like my needs, again, weren't being met. I hadn't eaten all day, yada, yada, yada. Um, He was showing up late to the fish show because he had to host um, the like ball drop in Times Square so like he didn't have to go for the actual ball drop, but he was going to the, the New Year's Eve show. He had to be there in the beginning. So he met me at the fish show and then he like brought his friend without really, really checking with me on it first. Like he was just like, yeah, I'm bringing my friend too because he had an extra ticket and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. But then like we're there and I like I already was like irritated before he showed up and just kind of like I can't explain it, but like I remember I was like having a couple of drinks and it was just becoming clearer and clearer to me that I didn't feel like, like I wasn't excited to see him. Like I didn't, like I didn't feel positively towards him. And, you know, I like kept wanting to suppress that feeling, but it was there. And then like when he shows up and he did like one little thing to piss me off and I just snapped and I like broke up, not only broke up with him, but like broke up. Like I was trying to go out of my way to make it as bad as possible so that we would never get back together. Because like in that state, I knew that it wasn't what I wanted. And you know, they say when you drink, the truth comes out. Like I really was like going out of my way to like make it be the, like, the last time so that I wouldn't have to be with him anymore because I didn't have the balls to actually like accept it, right? And then of course, like, I apologize profusely the next day and like yada, 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 but that was actually the final straw. So here it is like a more broken down version of the reasons that you could be picking fights and like how to identify which one it is. Um, Obviously, I didn't really go too far into like what to do about it, but that's a whole Whole nother podcast for a whole nother time. But if you can relate to some of my stories and some of my behaviors and things like that, um, you know, shoot me a DM. Tell me about your situation. I've been getting so many DMs actually from people being like, I relate to the fight picking so much. So shoot me a DM. We'll chat, whatever. And I'm actually working on something that could help if you relate to some of this stuff. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Just a quick reminder, if you want me to try out one of the sex tips, go back and listen to those episodes. Um, you know where to find me. It's H I W A A A A. I don't know. Just keep typing A's until it comes up. There are eight of them total on Instagram. It might be the same thing on TikTok, although I don't post on my personal TikTok. Um, blush pod, at blushpod on Instagram and on TikTok. I've been posting on both. And um, if you want to submit a question for the podcast, you can leave a voicemail. You can do it anonymously, you can DM me to do it anonymously anonymously there's a link in the show notes of this episode to do it via voicemail there's a link in the show notes of this episode or you could just dm me you could email the blush pod whatever works for you I do like to answer listener questions on here so yeah and if you just want to reach out for anything I'm literally always available thanks for listening you know the drill rate review subscribe listen I know it's really fucking annoying and I know it's just one of those things that like you're just kind of on autopilot and don't internalize but leaving a review helps the podcast so much and it takes like a minute or two out of your life. So if you are enjoying the podcast, like, please, please, please just take two minutes and write a review, please. It would mean so much. And also share this episode with anything that anyone who you think might benefit from it. Put it in your Instagram stories and tag at blushpod. Anyway, love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll connect next week.